You're listening to Air IQ, a field controls podcast. Welcome to Air IQ by Field Controls. I'm your host, Sean Hay. Now, of course, we're in the heart of summer right now as we get into the month of July and air conditioning, cooling, humidity control, all of those things take center stage at this time of year. Um, And you know when they really get noticed is when something breaks then everybody is extremely aware that there's an issue. Well, guess who the guy is that you talk to when that thing breaks? Yeah, it's my guest on the podcast today. He is tech support and project coordinator for field controls, John Cotton. John, how are you today? I am doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm doing very well. I have to say, I'm really honored that you were able to carve out a few minutes for me today because I would imagine July is not a vacation month for you. No, it's not. Usually we're constantly getting calls with problems that we're trying to get people up and running and have the air quality that they need in their homes and to have their heating and water, uh, hot water systems working properly. So we're usually packed pretty much all year. Now, you know, normally I would make a joke here about, oh, I bet you wish it was January, but January is not an off month for you either. You pretty much handle heating and cooling the entire year. There's, do you have a vacation day? What is, what's going on with that? Uh, I do get vacation days. and Unfortunately, people don't like it when I take vacation days because then I get backlogged and uh, people can't get the help that they need or trying to locate somebody that can provide them with assistance makes it a little bit more difficult. From your tech support standpoint, you really have to know the ins and outs of just about every type of back-end HVAC. Um, so if you would, just do me a favor. Can you give me maybe a, a brief little rundown of some of the diverse types of, of back-end solutions and how they apply to maybe different customer needs? Uh, well, because we deal with a lot of different products, and, and uh, there's different heating appliances, whether it be gas, oil, um, hybrid systems that are gas and electric, or oil and electric, and then you have the electric heat pumps and gas pack systems, so you have to be able to know what the person has so you have to question them exactly to get you know it's like a Q&A session with them that you're going to be talking to them trying to find out exactly what they have so that way you know how to help them better so that way you can get around some of the tricks of the trade to get them fixed and back into service. Your knowledge base just in your head has to be constantly updating are you just reading articles every spare minute you have to make sure that you stay on top of the latest trends and technology i do read a lot of the literature from the hvac industry to see what new trends are coming on down the line what new products are coming out Uh, that way i can be more of aware of how our products might interlock with those and how to 
better be able to help the customers. I want to put that in sort of a regional context for just a moment, because you mentioned there are several different technologies and different backends, and those are really driven by regional weather patterns, aren't they? Yes, sir. Uh, like in the, your southeast areas, which is where we're located at in North Carolina, but th- those are areas where it's more humid, more moist. You don't really have a lot of heating need, but you have more of a cooling need. Uh, whereas in the northeast, where they have more of a heating need than the cooling need, they have less humidity in most parts. Uh, so they're looking more towards humidification problems, where in the southeast, we're looking more towards dehumidification uh, products. That dehumidification is a constant challenge, isn't it? You have to really fight that on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because if you get too high of humidity inside your home, especially in some of those dark areas, like if you have a crawl space up underneath your house and you get a lot of moisture in there, mold and mildews like to grow in dark, moist areas. So, that's an ideal breeding ground for these, so uh, for that mold and mildew. So you want to try to make sure that those areas are maintained in a proper humidity level where it's not going to be too dry, but it's not going to be the ideal breeding ground for the microorganisms. Because if you get it too dry, then your wood joists are going to start drying out and cracking and causing problems with shifting of your floors. Yeah, that's weird because when I think about HVAC, I think about my comfort. I'm not thinking about my house being comfortable. And so that's a situation you just mentioned. It can really go from just being a minor inconvenience or an annoyance to an actual health hazard in a heartbeat. That is very true. And a lot of people, you know, they look at how they can prevent their houses from leaking out or, you know, tightening up their windows, tightening up, um, putting higher insulation in the house, foam sealing it, wrapping it. That's great to do that to keep it everything in there, but you have to have also the right amount of air coming in for the amount of air going out because you have your exhaust, your bathroom exhaust fans, your kitchen exhaust fans. Those are pulling air out of your house if you don't have a way for that air to come back in. Then once those fans cut off, a lot of times they could suck back in the air that it just expelled, which bathroom, you get done taking a shower and all of a sudden you're sucking back in all this moist air from your bathroom exhaust fan into there and where you can grow mold. It's really weird to think about a house needing to breathe, but that sounds like what you just described. Exactly. Houses, people don't realize that with the house, one CFM of the air going out, you have to have one CFM of air coming back in. So if you've got a bathroom exhaust fan that's putting out 90 CFM of air, you have to have 90 CFM of air coming in from somewhere. And like an average house door, when you open it up, that's allowing about 600 CFM of air to come in through that door. So where the air is coming in from, if it's coming from an uncontrolled space, 
where you're not knowing you can get a lot of contaminants into that airstream that can be harmful. Especially like if you're coming in from your garage into your house, if you just cut off your car and then coming in and your house is under a negative pressure, you open up that door, it sucks in some of the fumes from your car exhaust. Which those are not very nice to breathe in. John, it sounds like there's an awful lot of math in your day to day. Yeah, that that's a big joke because I remember when I was going through high school and stuff a long time ago that my father used to always say, I don't know why you're needing to learn algebra. You're never going to use that in your real day life. And every day I'm having to interpolate numbers, finding out draft loss and uh, everything like that. So I'm using algebraic equations constantly and having to do a lot of math. And I'm thankful I did as good as I did in math. And that was one of those subjects I did like because it does help me when I'm trying to figure out a lot of the footages for piping for what they need for CFMs and draft loss and everything like that. Yeah, I was always a proponent of the measure once, cut 12 times. So I don't know that I would be cut out for all of the calculations you have to do. You know, it's interesting because you also have to take into account all of your calculations regulations. You have to take into account like the CEC title 24 part six. I know that you pay a lot of attention to uh, staying in uh, concordance with the HERO program. Talk to me a little bit about how um, field controls and specifically vent cool keeps an eye towards staying in, um, in reliance and compliance with those guidelines. Now, one thing with the vent cool, because these fans are used to, they try to draw in like the cooler air from the night or the early morning from your outside to cool down your house rapidly. And then you use that for a certain period of time, however long you want to talk, uh, leave it on for, like two hours, four hours. So that way it cools down the house. And then the fan, the, once the fan shuts down, the damper's closed to keep that cooler air in there. But you got to have your windows open to draw this air in and allow it to cool down the your living space, which will then cause your air conditioning system not to have to work as frequently or as hard because of the simple fact that here you've drawn this nice cool air from the outside into your house to cool it down to an acceptable level. So now your air conditioning is not having to run as frequently. Uh, and just like... You mentioned the HERO program, which is the home energy renovation opportunity, where it gives people, uh, it's like a program for people to help get rebates or financing to help improve their air quality and figure out ways of saving money with their HVAC system. There's a difference in back-end need Subtle differences, though, between a, let's call it a corporation, and a consumer. So a system that I would need for my warehouse, for example, uh, has some things in common with a system that I might use for my home, but the implementation of those 
is drastically different. How do you approach those two ends of the spectrum? Most of our products are for residential applications. Might run into light commercial, uh, but when you're looking at it, you know, you have to know the amount of space that you're trying to cool down or the uh, area because the way these fans, the vent cool fans are sized, you want to match the CFM of the fan, the max CFM of the fan to the square footage of your space. So like a large warehouse, you might need multiple units, whereas a residential application, if you have a house that's, let's say, 3,000 square foot, you can find one of our fans that's going to meet that type of requirement into that 3,000 range. and But also when you're looking at these, because the, they're going to be mounted up in your attic space, and they, you have to have one square foot of free ventilation area per 500 CFM. So if you've got a fan that's got 3,000 CFM, you need six square feet of ventilation space, a free ventilation area for this fan to be exhausted out of, or else it's going to cause a back pressure. And then that back pressure is going to prevent the fan from drawn properly and you're not going to get the correct air movement like you would need. It sounds like you have to approach some of these situations from the mindset of an architect. Uh, Yeah, you have to, because a lot of these you're having to try to design it and make sure that they have the proper space to exhaust it, but they also have like I said, you have to have your windows open because you got to draw in the air from the fan or else it's going to cause a lot, uh, large negative pressure on your house. And then you won't be able to open up your front door because that fan will depressurize it. So you have to have something to bring in the air as this is exhausting it out. And like I said, you have one CFM coming in, you need one CFM going out. So we're talking basically about thermal mass cooling. That's the basic concept that we're talking about. What is something about that concept that would surprise people? One of the things is that it can make your air conditioning system 90% more efficient because you're not having to run it as frequently. Because, Like I said, it draws in that cold evening air or uh, morning air when it's really cool, when the temperature drops, which then rapidly cools your house. And then with it rapidly cooling your house, you're not going to have to run your air conditioning that's frequently. So you're not going to be the compressor in that air conditioner is not going to be drawing all that energy and power. And it would seem like it would have an added environmental benefit because if I have to use less energy, that's good. But if I also have to use or refill my coolant or my Freon or whatever the the gas is that I'm helping with the refrigeration in my conventional HVAC, that that's another environmental plus. Correct. Because with this, if cooling it off and you're not running your system as long, so if you do have any leaks in your system where some of that Freon's leaking out, well, with you not having to use that system, it's less likely you're going to be losing that Freon or 
whichever they using in the coolant of your air conditioning system at that time. Now I do have to ask you this one question and hopefully this doesn't upset any HVAC manufacturers, but it also seems that if my AC unit has to work less, that it's going to last longer, which means that I won't have to buy a new one for longer. Do you get any pushback from when you guys come up with these great ideas? Do you get any pushback from these manufacturers saying, Hey man, we're trying to sell air conditioning units here. What are you doing? Because if you look at air conditioning systems now, they're, they've improved over the years with the different type of scroll compressors that they're using, um, the making using ECM motors or more efficient type motors. So these manufacturers of the air conditioning systems, they're looking at ways to try to make their units last longer and not use as much power. So a lot of them like the idea that, okay, this is going to help our system last longer. So if people have this HVAC system that's lasting a lot longer, when it does finally go fail, they're more likely to go back to that type of manufacturer because it lasted that long. Do you think that might lend itself to partnerships in the future? I mean, it seems like a logical pairing. There are some manufacturers that we have. We do have some products that we are pairing up with them to help create and make their systems more efficient. Uh, A lot of that mostly in the heating side. But as this technology and these ideas come along, it's more likely that we would be able to pair up with some of these manufacturers to help push some of our products along with theirs to help increase the efficiency and longevity of their appliance. Hey, John, thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it and look forward to having a chance to talk to you again in the future. All right. Well, you have a good day, Sean. I appreciate it.